All right, welcome. It is Tuesday. It is the 20th of June. I almost said August for some reason. Oh, my God. Don't no, rush summer. I I know. Don't rush summer. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I, I don't <laughs> want to do that. I, I, I have things I'd like to get done between now and August and don't want to be behind suddenly. So, yeah, it, <laughs> it's still June. And uh, here we are. It's Wes. It's Sid. It's not Drake. But uh, we are here. And I am very sad to report that unlike the last two times it was just you and I, I don't have any very important breaking news about cereal or other food. However, I understand <laughs> you do. Yes, I will just take up that. I'll take the torch and tell you. And first of all, uh, before we get into that, oh. happy Happy Father's Day. That was the other day, but I hope yeah. it was great for you. Oh, it worked out fine for me. Thank Good. you. Good deal. Um, and more on that later as far, as far as a Facebook post that I did. Um, the late breaking news is you might like a lime in your Corona or your margarita, but lime doesn't like you, Uh-oh. it turns out. Um, yeah. What did I ever it, do to lime to make them dislike me? <laughs> and lemon is probably in lime's pocket because they're both citrus oh. and they both, they both don't like you. Lemon there is in the pocket of big lime. It's making my dogs upset. And, I know. I hear them. I hear them. Either that or they want you to buy them some, you know, Sprite <laughs> or something. Um, no. Um, there is something I've never heard of. I'm not really, I don't drink margaritas really, like, hardly ever. I mean, occasionally. But uh, there's something that I saw called margarita Sheesh. burn. Your puppies are excited. <laughs> they're very upset. I think there is a, a dog that has the nerve to exist outside someplace, and it is just... <laughs> making the little one especially polly completely nuts about everything so yeah they may continue to comment throughout but uh, hey this is recording at home this is what you get I know. it's real that's life good. man that's right bro uh but yeah so the, back to margaritas there yeah. is something called margarita burn i have never heard of this i didn't know it was a thing i've probably maybe done this before but i didn't maybe i was inside the point is, if you're outside in the sun and yeah. you have any kind of drink with a lime in it or lemon, because it's citrus too, don't let that juice drip on your skin. Oh, because, okay. Because the sun's rays in combination with that acidic, you know, citrus juice can give you a rash or kind of burn your skin almost like sunburn. Huh, wow. Okay. So it just like yeah. it intensifies the acid and the, yes. the the liquid part of it i guess intensifies the sun's rays some and combined and it, wow okay yeah it can it, it is friends with the sun's rays and bad for your skin so wow. if you are if you, you if you don't want to get margarita burn don't and it says you know you, obviously if you drip lime on your arm and you're in the sun obviously go wash your arm but if it burns if it actually treat it like a sunburn if it happens to you just treat it like a sunburn huh. and put you know, sunburn ointment on it, but I'd never heard of that. That's, I, that's, I you know, that's just nev- weird. So never I'll had have either, occasional, so. Yeah. I'll have occasional Corona, I guess, but I don't know, you know, probably outside in the sun, but so never heard of it. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's summertime, it, not exactly summer, but it's summertime. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So watch out for that. Fruity drinks. See, I was, I was worried that the limes just might be insulting you and delivering cold burns on you because <laughs> I don't know, you're drinking something that uh, requires a lime, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that if you like that. Yeah. And, and but the weird thing is like, I'm pretty fair skinned. So I get, um, sometimes I'll get like on my neck or like my shoulders, I'll get a uh, sun rash, heat rash anyway. 
And so oh, yeah. that's not fun. That's no yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do not want lime sunscreen burn, is your friend. Burn. Yes, definitely. Oh, even when sunscreen, I'll still get it. It's annoying. Ah. It's annoying. Yeah. You know, another thing that's that's annoying, but I guess it probably had to be done. Probably people agree with this. Maybe people want even a harsher uh, punishment for John Morant. Now this came out the other day, so people might know, but he's been suspended twenty five games by the NBA. That's actually a his, lot, isn't it? That's that's a lot, um, and it's just over the. Uh, I learned that it's just over the number to where now he's ineligible for some certain like uh, in-season awards. He's also he can't participate in any league or team activities, including preseason games. So um, the conditions might have been disclosed by by now by the league, but I mean we don't have to get into. It. I mean people maybe have seen it, but. Um, you know, he's just got to work on things. I mean, <laughs> sort I mean, of, yeah. Got to work on some things there. So, twenty-five games is. I mean, it could be worse. It could be better. You know, it's uh, um, it's going to make, I guess, for an interesting start to the season. Come whenever the mm-hmm. basketball season starts, which is a thing I guess I could possibly look up because I just don't know. I haven't even looked it up either. But <laughs> they, you know, last season. Uh, they finished their last season with the second best record in the Western Conference, um, but you know they'll be out. They'll be without him for the for you know a large chunk. And it says the Grizzlies were twelve and ten without him uh, last season. So I don't know. Maybe though, maybe they just jam and step up and they because there there were there were some games where they just it's like they didn't even miss a beat when he wasn't playing. Oh, good. So, so we'll just have to see what happens. He he. You know, he he issued an, an apology on, on Twitter, you know, partially to the kids who look up to me. I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better to all my sponsors. I'm going to be a better representation of our brands to all my fans. I'm going to make it up to you. I promise I want to apologize um, to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, the city of Memphis, Adam Silver, Zach Kleiman, Robert Pira. He gave me this opportunity to be a professional athlete and, and have supported me. I'm sorry for the harm I've done. I've had time to reflect and realize how much hurt I've caused. And it, it goes on on Twitter. But so hopefully Jaw will, you know, get, get yeah. shaped up and <laughs> step won't up be to playing that apology. for 25 yes. games. So, yeah. So yeah. that's what's happening around here. So we've got other kinds of entertainment news. We've got mm-hmm. a bunch of entertainment news. We have some uh, more talk about AI because it's still all over the place and probably won't. And, uh, other bits about uh, works and so forth. But right now we'll start with some of the uh, entertainment music stuff. You've got to something about Springsteen right now. Yeah, so we, you know, we play, I guess, still a couple of the songs from his Only the Strong Survive album. Yes, we do. Uh, the soul, the, his Soul Covers mm-hmm. album that he did. And it's really good. And apparently now he's working on another one, a follow-up. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Yeah, so he's just, he's way into it, I guess. His keyboard, David Sanctus, is the one who was in an interview and revealed that a tour was also being planned in association with the new one, which is going to come out sometime next year. Um, so he's, he says Bruce has 18 more covers of Motown wow, and classic okay. R&B. Yeah, and so next year he'll be touring with him. Um, and uh, Springsteen said he just... His voice, before, his voice always came second, third, or fourth to the expression of the other elements. But this time, he decided to make some music that centered around his singing and challenging his voice. And he says, now in my own memoir, I give my voice a little short shift by saying, I didn't think I had much of one. But once I started on this project, after listening to some of the things we cut, I thought, my voice is badass. I'm 73 years old, and I'm kicking ass. I'm a good old 
man, he says. Go, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce can do what he wants to at this point, and it, it's going to wind up good because he makes sure of that. And it, it something, uh, well, yeah, so he's into his, his soul. It'll be his soul period, which is It'll fine. be his soul period. So yeah. it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say any dates. It doesn't say any songs he's covering, which I wish that it did. But so that's on the horizon if you're a Bruce fan and if you like the Only the Strong Survive uh, soul covers or if you mm-hmm. haven't even heard it check it out yeah it's yes he he's are playing still going strong a couple of those tunes john mellencamp yeah. also going strong he worked for his previous latest album called strictly a one-eyed jack he did a couple of tunes with springsteen that we also have in rotation on drake digital his new album orpheus descending is out and this is just a quick story because there's well simply not much to it there's 11 songs and he recorded them at home and it's the follow-up to strictly a one-eyed jack orpheus descending it uh, is out has been out for a couple of days in streaming oh wow i've heard a couple of the tunes and they remind me a lot of his work on strictly a one-eyed jack he's in not really a grumpy old man period but on uh it kind of got has that sort of feel on a couple of songs he's not not complaining but looking back and uh on some of these and cutting away i don't know like he always has at uh some of the you know, nicely tinted ways we tend to sometimes want to look at things so john mellencamp if you're a fan of his he's got something new out for you to go listen to whenever you want yeah, and we, don't we play a couple of the Strictly One-Eyed Jack yeah. uh, songs? We've got yeah. two of those going in rotation, so I they like are, them. they're and in there. He's, he has been on tour in a lot of places. He's been doing, I think, two shows in different um, te- uh, you know, different cities, and he was at the Orpheum not too long ago. Right. And, t- like, two stories I read that people, you know, there's always going to be somebody in the audience or more than one person that's going to yell out songs or yell out something. And he got so furious with people. In, two shows, not... I don't know if it happened here. I hope it didn't happen here, but uh, the stories weren't from here. But um, yeah. because people were just yelling, and he's like, "I told you to shut the f up," you know. <laughs> I mean, he like he just. I guess he's just. Has he always been that way? I don't know. I, I don't. He's he's always had attitude about him, which is translated well into the songs that he he writes yeah. and and sings. So. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but sometimes you you off. just have enough of it, then. So I. I, I guess. I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it yep. is. It is. I mean, I hate it. I mean, if if it's if it's a loud rowdy concert and it's the type of band where people do that and they don't care, you know, or I don't know if I I won't really yell during a song, but after, of course. But when people in the middle of some quiet song or something now, I get that. There there you go. Exactly. I mean, if he's doing something uh, more acoustic from one of the newer albums, either this brand new one or, or the previous one. And someone is shouting out Jack and Diane. First off, if he's going to play it, it's going to be one of the last songs or maybe the encore. It's not going to be right in the middle of the show. Exactly. You know, you're just ruining the song for everyone else. So yeah, that's, that's freaking true. Be an ass. Shut up. Yeah. Yahoo. Uh, are we going to do the, the, the Dolly later on? Well, yeah, tease it, though, because we've got the songs. But the, Oh, yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dolly Parton's doing this rock and roll album. Heard about and it. And the, uh, let's see, did we play, what, the first, no. Well, the first song is um, World on Fire. Yeah. And that, that she released already. The album's not coming out till November. It's called Rockstar. But... And I heard the very end of one, but we're, yeah, we're going to play this later on. So the next two songs that she has released are Bygones, 
which is with Rob Halford. Yes. <laughs> which is insane. You might know him Dolly from Parton. Judas Priest. Yeah. It's, it's a very thing. similar style of music as Dolly is famous for. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just go hand in hand. And she also covers Magic Man with Ann Wilson. Um, and kind of puts her own twist on it because they yeah. do some lyrics that aren't in the original. But Bygones is an original song, and it actually it's it's uh, Rob Halford, Nikki Six, and John Five, and she says that it's one of her favorites on the whole album. Uh, the song fits with so many couples and coupling. My voice with Rob, one of my all-time favorites. Oh yeah, please, Dolly, you're best friends with Rob Halford. All <laughs> they were before in a knitting you, circle you in the eighties. Did you even know who he was before? <laughs> she said, made it even more special. Um, and the, here's this is funny. Rob Halford says she's just this walking beacon of love and happiness and joy that spreads. Well, I mean, he's not wrong there. I mean, that that's know, a good way to sum up Dolly. So he, yeah, yeah, so we've got both of those tunes, and they will be coming up at the uh, end of things here. And if you're listening to this on the download, you'll you're going to have to stream them because we can't let you download other people's songs. They tend to frown on that. So. There we go. Uh, this kind of refers back in a sense to how what you were saying about John Mellencamp doing on tour. Noel Gallagher, heard of him. He was uh, part of Oasis. Oasis. Yes, yeah. right. And he's got a new album out. Uh, his band High Flying Birds is their fourth album. is called Council Skies. It's out. They are on tour with Garbage. And his album entered the UK chart at number two. Foo Fighters beat him out there. But in the States, uh-huh. it's only peaked at number 20. And he says, tracks from the record don't seem to be going down too well at the live shows, and that doesn't make him happy. He was being interviewed, and the interviewer asked him how the response has been for his new material. And his quote is, it's terrible. I'm starting off with four or five <laughs> new ones. And they're just basically, I'm paraphrasing here, they're standing there with their mouths open thinking, what the is this? Uh, He says, I should advise them to go to their preferred streaming service. They should have bought the album then, shouldn't they? No, they're there to see garbage, dude. (laughs) Yeah, or they're there to see stupid Wanda Sorry, I hate that song. Okay, Okay, fine. I got to check my glasses now. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, just... They are, yeah. If they are not there to see Noel, they're they're there for garbage. Noel is a nice, you know, bonus. But like you said, they probably want to hear some Oasis songs, not stuff. And they they may not even have the slightest clue he's got a new record out. So anyway, they're probably so so he's not even do, so. Do, we don't even know if he's doing Oasis. So I, don't, I don't know. So he's doing a solo thing. Yeah, well, he cannot, his band. He can't be mad about that. He's got to open with. An Oasis song, or at least the second song needs to be Oasis, and go back and forth. That's just stupid. Uh, then, <sighs> I mean, you want people to buy your records, but really. Exactly. <laughs> so he won't be able to afford, what, a third or fourth home at this point, I guess. But, no, come on. Be come nice to on. the audience. They're there. They're not going to buy your stuff if you insult them either. That's true. That's true. Speaking of buying homes, you know, I wonder, he, whatever, he's probably fine. He probably has more than I, one I house. think he'll be okay. Uh, Mick Jagger certainly has more than one house, but then again, he's Mick Jagger. So he's been at this a while. He's been at this a while and he has one. I don't know where in Florida, but he has a gorgeous house in Florida on a lake. It's some premier gated community, the Lake Club, which is it was mean, it was built for (laughs) privacy. Like it wasn't he didn't build. I mean he didn't have it built, but it was built for privacy. It's on the lakefront. Four bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms, and he has decided that it's time that he wants to sell it. Um, so he, How and much? His, 
he and his little girlfriend, and I say little because she's 36, okay. uh, are, <laughs> are selling this beautiful estate situated on a third of an acre. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait for it, wait for it. With scenic lake views, 8,394 square feet, uh, amenities, Sure, a heated right. saltwater pool, three balconies and a bell tower. Okay, uh, top quality kitchen appliances, remote control window treatments, and mm -hmm. a big media room with, of course, a wet bar. Gotta have one of those. It was sold three years ago for one million nine hundred eighty thousand. But the market has changed. The market has changed. So he is trying to get uh, the listing says. Mm, hold on, let me oh. go back up here. Oh, because I want to read. I want to read what this. What this clever, stupid, they the <laughs> clever and the, stupid. The listing. I the listing it's... says you can't always get what you want, but this house uh, is definitely what you need. <laughs> Three point four million, Florida home of Mick Jagger up for sale. Okay, well, no bowling bowling alley in there, so I'm out. I uh, know. Sorry, well, Mick. and and no place that you can go fencing. So Wes is also out. Uh, yeah, out out <laughs> twice right there. There we go. Sorry, Mick. Find but, someone yeah. else. Yep, yep, yep. So good luck to him. All right. So this story is from Louder Sound, and it says, We've found the most grotesque tribute to Ozzy Osbourne, and it's in a Birmingham pub. And like I said, okay. it's from Louder Sound because I didn't find anything except the story here. There's a chain of pubs in the UK called J.D. Weatherspoons, and it's a... They, Cheap mass market beer and food. That's why some people love it, and that's why some people hate it. And they have their walls decorated by uh, pictures that say, says, tells Birmingham's story. This is Birmingham, England, by the way. This isn't some UK pub that transferred itself to Alabama. Thanks very much. <laughs> but they've got the guys who pioneered the steam engine, and they've got other things about the industry and the automotive industry, and they take advantage of Led Zeppelin's Birmingham connections. And we also, it says here, learned that Ozzy Osbourne helped form Black Sabbath here in 1968. It's uh, right down the street, this pub, from where they played their first show. And they have made a tribute to Ozzy, like they have the others that they have a historical connection to Birmingham, along their okay. wall. And wow. what they've done, they selected a classic shot of Ozzy in action. And this is where things kind of start taking a weird turn. Oh, wait a minute. They, Don't even tell me. They use a picture that yeah. is Ozzy lifting Randy Rhodes. This was oh. on the cover of the tribute album. At, oh yeah, uh, I remember fans that. Of, yes, the fans of Ozzy will remember that. Newer fans of Ozzy might remember seeing that as the thumbnail on the streaming service for the album. But that's the picture they used. But they cropped out a lot of Randy Rhodes, and what? then took his guitar and put it in place of where Ozzy is looks like. He is the one playing the guitar that Randy Rhodes played, and there's still a little bit of Randy's left arm on the neck of the oh guitar. So it looks what? like they hired a primary school kid to do the Photoshop <laughs> work on this thing when they could have selected another. There's a few other pictures of Ozzy floating around that they could have used, but no, they took this and sort of Photoshopped them in a sort of weird, smushed kind of way that it says, looks like they're locked together in malformed alchemy. It's a great okay. line from Louder Sound. 
And of yeah. course, you know, Ozzy doesn't even play the guitar, but that's what they've got him right. doing in this. Are they are, are they not allowed to use that picture or or well, replicate it? Maybe, but that's the dumbest thing. If 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 that's the case, right. why not just stand there and have a sweaty Ozzy with no shirt on like he always did, holding his microphone and making that face when he was singing on stage? You know, there's lots what? of other choices that, that, uh, that you could pick for a picture of Ozzy, and then on top of all. All of that, as if this Photoshop you know, maligned, horrible, <laughs> twisted picture isn't enough. The caption says, in 1968, Ozzy Osbourne helps to form the band Black Sabbath in Birmingham. Without yeah. actually mentioning any of the other people from Birmingham oh in Black God. Sabbath, who were all from Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. First of all, why just Ozzy? And second of all, why that picture that you just mangled in Photoshop? So way to go, J.D. Weatherspoons. You've given the hate you crowd one more reason to tally their list of hateful things about you. Maybe Jeez. people will hate it so bad that they'll just tear it up. Like they <laughs> well, do, I mean, it's part know, of the other... wall, so I mean, maybe oh, they'll throw pickles at it or something i don't have yeah, any idea tape a banana to it or something yeah, yeah, that'll make it art because yeah. that's art now right okay right 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 oh what oh, else do you have gosh silly uh we sometimes talk about these i guess super fans people who collect things yes and there is a guy who has <laughs> don't ask me why but why he has been collecting the beatles white album uh all kinds of versions and or copies of the Beatles white album for the longest time um, okay. from all over the world in any condition for years. Um, he, he prefers first edition copies. Well, sure. Uh, doesn't say where he lives. Um, he's, he's an artist, Rutherford Chang. Um, he prefers first edition copies. Um, Later pressings, they, they, the reason is they have a they had a serial sure. number, yeah, um, and then the you know the embossed Beatles, the Beatles on the cover. So, and those that aren't in mint condition is that's what he wants. He, he the more owners who have decorated the and drawn on or done anything to the cover, the better. He, so this is like one big art project to him. Kind of, I guess. Um, he was interested in the different ways that the covers aged and what people did to them, and then the serials makes the serial numbers makes collecting them seem natural. And he said, the more I got, the more interesting it became. Um, a lot of them, they're, they're like scribbled on or written on, so each one has a story. You know, the accumulation mm -hmm. of the stories is part of it, but also about about how the physical object, the record, just doesn't exist anymore. Well, that, that's not so, true. I mean, it still does. There's records. Every one of those has a record, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, he means, I guess, the owners have made the cover their own kind of... Oh, okay, own, all right. You know, because it's sort of art. So he had almost 700 copies by 2013. <laughs> okay. And he his collection was set up in this uh, a gallery in New York, and it was set up as a record store where the divider cards organizing the records, or, you know, they were organized by serial number. And um, he used he used he actually used the space to buy copies, and he, he wasn't selling what he had gotten. It was you know it was an art, it was an exhibit, mm. and so he he called the exhibit "We Buy White Albums." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds and, almost racist, but okay. Yeah, and so <laughs> so that was for a few months, 
Well, now he has more than 3,200 white Okay, but then, so he's got this as an ongoing, almost like an archaeological expedition of his or experiment of his. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, okay. Yeah, he didn't know, he, he said, I didn't know where it was going when I started other than I wanted to, at least enough to really see the difference between them. Uh, dude, you can put ten next to each other and see the difference. But anyway, yeah. he said then it just can't. Then it, then it just kept going, and I can't stop. I'm basically doing what record collectors do, except focusing on a really, you know, particular item. And well, he, yeah, said, one one a release, I'd say so. Uh, and then he says, I understand their sickness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. this guy has a if if you're into that and you want to see his his thirty two hundred plus white album from the Beatles um, artwork slash whatever he's got an uh, an Instagram page of all that oh, of um, course he does what's his name again his name is um, I don't even I remember ch- I'm, ch- uh, somebody Chang I'm um, blown away by that many white albums I know Rutherford Chang oh, C-H-A-N-G right. so, uh, well, so yeah do you have 3200 of anything Wesley not of the same thing <laughs> no uh, maybe Me neither uh, Pieces Lice? of cereal. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I collect. I mean, I like. Oh, so I like Zeppelin stuff and Kiss stuff. Oh, sure, but, but you don't, don't have a thousand have copies 10. of Destroyer. Right. I don't even have ten Kiss items, probably. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, dude. Oh man. Well, Calm nonetheless, down. I will see your white album. Actually, the Beatles uh, okay. collector and. Raise you or meet you anyway with the this titanic mega fan who himself has fifteen hundred and sixty copies of the Titanic movie on VHS. Oh my and god! That's not enough for him. He's not going to stop until he gets to one million. The, now this is different than a, okay. I, I want to know yeah, what this, this guy is. is titanic fan ninety seven on TikTok. If you want to go and investigate him on TikTok. Uh, JD is what he goes by. Also, that I guess stands for Jack Dawson. Don't know if that's his real name or not, JD, but uh, he's a video editor. He, editor. he lives in Florida, and he loves him some Titanic. He says this started when he was a little kid, about six when it came out. His whole family loved it, and he just leaned into it. And he has been collecting tapes about uh, of this movie. He's gotten them from thrift stores, yard sales. He just loves it and he's his tiktok account is all about him getting these things they're unboxing videos their tributes to the film their trips to thrift stores oh looking for more and just <laughs> other moments celebrating this movie that has gotten into his soul so much that he's trying to get all of these on vhs it doesn't say anything about dvd but the so the video cassette that would you would have to stick into the VCR and probably yeah. had to have two of them because that movie was so long. He says it's just <laughs> a mania for him. He started doing this about a decade ago. Really took off in the last year. He had a couple of copies in 2012 and put them on display on the top shelf. And he said that <laughs> he's he found them at a store and just grabbed them super cheap, filled up the box with them, and had about a hundred. And that's when he started his TikTok deal. And there's pictures of his room or office where he's got these things. And it's just wall to wall with these video cassettes and other paraphernalia. One of them being a stuffed dummy that has the head of Leonardo DiCaprio's character on it. Is Not it? Leo's actual head. Did you make that up? No, that is, <laughs> that is part of his display. So oh he is God. just going nuts with it. And 
he's, he says he's going to have to maybe move it to his bedroom because it's taking up so much space in his, his office at his house. And he it, he goes to conventions with these things. I don't understand why. What, what are you doing? I'm, You've got a booth at a Titanic film convention or something, and you're just showing off. That's a, a, a money sink because you're not selling anything, right? Or you're, I know you're not. In, I mean, and if people are paying to see your collection of the exact same thing, which is unlike the Beatles albums, I'm sorry. That is that how you're making your money? I, and, I, and, your, your mom must must not want you, you know, doing it in the basement, and you <laughs> certainly don't have a girlfriend if you're doing this. I, um, I don't know anything about this, but yeah, he's, he goes to convention, and he's going to uh, tour some Titanic museums with this thing, and attending Tampa's Anime Convention. How are people... What is the connection gravitate. between the I two? I, I'm sorry, I'm not seeing this. He's, his big goal right now is to get to 1,997 copies because the movie came out in 1997. And then he says he wants a million because they made 25 million of them. At least a million copies is what he wants. And I guess everyone needs a hobby. I mean, he's not cooking meth or anything so it's Yet. harmless it's, it's <laughs> a, it seems like a very strange thing to focus on but um, he is i a, know what who like who is going to care that this random person at some I'm, I'm by the way i'm googling world record for owning the most uh vhs tapes of oh movie. okay um and who's gonna like who's gonna care or want to go oh my god we gotta go see that guy with 1900 i wasn't gonna go to the nma con but on the other hand this guy with all the titanic vhs is gonna be there so i guess so we gotta see him i mean really world record hold on for Uh, the most owned tapes of one movie Okay, that's I shouldn't have said it like that, but let's see if anything is there an actual record i wouldn't be surprised we find out all the times that there are Official listed world copies records for some done. of the silliest things, but okay. Here's a Reddit thing: Is there a world record for the most copies of one movie owned? If not, what would be a record-setting <laughs> amount? I'll have to continue on Chrome. Hold on. Dang uh, well, okay. Well, if I, uh, that I, guy with a bunch of VHS copies of Speed probably has it. Just a guess. Somebody says somebody has. Uh, LOL. My BF owns 118 VHS copies of the second Disney Aladdin movie. Says someone. Amateur. Next to <laughs> this guy. I know, right amateur well okay i don't know i don't i don't i don't i don't have the reddit app so i can't open in the reddit anyway no that's fine i don't anyway, don't that, think it matters I, but you know i'd like you i don't know who when this guy dies his his legacy is going to be he collected the most titanic vhs's which is certainly a unique thing to be remembered for but then what but. happens to the tapes no one who is going to want to, <laughs> you can use them for building material and have a shack built out in the backyard someplace. I just, I can't imagine, but He'll okay. probably want them in his coffin with him. Oh, you you can't take them with you, but uh, you <laughs> oh can be buried. Maybe to make the coffin out of them. Now that would be something. Okay. I mean, you can okay. make you can that, make the casket and the burial vault all into just these legit. tapes at the yeah. end. So, okay. Yeah, that'd be legit. And they are plastic, so they would, they would retain their shape for uh, well and pollute a earth. really really yeah. long time <laughs> yeah oh all right what's your big bad collectible thing or anything else you can text us and let us know and if you have a question for lawyer bill who will be here on thursday 
go ahead and do that if it's a legal quandary that you're in or just a legal question that you think is weird and want to know an answer to. 878-9420 is our text line and it works all the time, turns out. Yes, definitely. We have a few, actually. We The other day we were talking about uh, meditation and things like that. Yeah. And, um, and uh, John says uh, he meditates for 10 to 20 minutes. He does mindful meditation. I have their, the goal of following my breath. Sometimes count, count my breaths one to 10. And if another thought comes, I notice the thought or second, or, oh, I notice the thought or sound or whatever and go back to following my breath. Thanks for continuing the great morning show and music. All right. I think everybody should probably m- meditate at some point during the day um, just to calm the down hell down <laughs> um let's see Ooh, we'll have to get into this this week my friend shockley sent us a link to mm-hmm. uh the a story from herald weekly about the most annoying pop songs list oh boy that is a monster list right there yep yep definitely uh let's see um oh anita says uh talking about shows excuse me talking about shows yesterday i guess she says prime has a series um on mgm plus called from it's creepy and different and i'm addicted i'm on season one and it's so good not many well-known actors you'll recognize but you'll recognize the sheriff she doesn't say who the sheriff is but who plays the sheriff but um it has from yeah we'll have to check it out she says it has vampire-like monsters but they're they also remind you of the film smile which i've seen and that is really creepy she says there's so much more though we've done you have to follow uh, and try to figure it out so cool All right. from so. Ooh, and speaking of shows we just started binging ted lasso yeah the other day because we got we saw the an apple plus you know trial thing for a month or two months or whatever and then you can cancel and say okay we're gonna binge the it's hilarious <laughs> okay it's so good it's so good it's hilarious wow well, um we are at my house we are working on the second season of star trek strange new worlds which i did my geeks grading geekdom podcast on that it just occurred to me i actually need to upload that since the weekend is long over yes you did and good i'm glad you're enjoying that that sounds cool um uh, Jenny says, if y'all like Saul Goodman, which is the show Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. you'll need to see, or the, the guy who plays him is, uh, God, what's his name? He has a very different name. Um, I'll think of it. Anyway, sure. uh, she says, you need to see his movie, Nobody. It's called Nobody. I think I saw that they're making a second one. Oh, okay. So I really like him. I'll have to check that out. I also want to add that if anybody uh, watched or watches The Walking Dead and likes it, the spinoff Dead City just started sunday ah more zombies and i'm so excited so i'm i'm i'll put that on my list of you know record each episode or whatever it's called um so that's the one with you don't watch it but if people watch it they'll know maggie and negan um who hate each other so anyway so <laughs> okay. it's gonna be god i can't wait to watch so it that. starts so, with tension already that's good i like starts, that I, yeah yep yep uh so eight seven eight nine four two o's the text number text us anytime uh, and get your questions in for Lawyer Bill for Thursday, too. Right. So, all right. Uh, we've got some AI news because you know, we could do nothing but talk about AI stuff. I've, I've held back from a couple of things sometimes. This yeah. one, though, the lawmakers in the European Union have voted for tougher rules 
as their uh, draft for AI re- uh, legislation is moving to almost being done. And some of the changes that they have put up and some of the rules that they put up include first a ban on the use of technology, the AI technology in biometric surveillance. So it's Europe and especially in England and London, there are surveillance cameras everywhere, official ones, not just like what we have here where there's a bunch of rings and private ones and so forth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they they want to ban biometric surveillance through these cameras and other surveillance methods that they have. And they want to uh, ban the use of AI systems like ChatGPT, it says, to disclose they want, sorry, I read that wrong. They want the AI systems to disclose AI-generated content. And some people are on board oh. with it. Not every country in the EU is on board with banning the biometric surveillance uh, with AI. So there's going to be some clashes there. But they want any company using the AI generative tools to disclose the copyrighted material they used to train their systems. Oh, so, oh, I get it. Okay. Right, because AI produces stuff by going yeah. and looking at stuff that fits its prompt, and that's what they want disclosed here. They also want companies working on high-risk applications to do a fundamental rights impact assessment and evaluate environmental impact, which sounds really hmm. fancy and good, but also a little bit vague. So we'll see yeah. exactly hmm. what kind of things. But they want to disclose the content that's AI gen- uh, generated, it seems, the most part, uh, for the most part. Uh, that will to distinguish you know, deep fake images that AI can make look really convincing. Sure. Yeah. They want to make sure those are somehow labeled or readily identifiable as AI generated and to make sure there are safeguards against illegal content because AI can generate all kinds of things that are oh, going to be illegal yes. in various and civilized places. So they want to have that in and they also say that this is all from Reuters. The current draft is AI systems that could be used to influence voters and the outcome of elections and systems uh, used by social media platforms. Uh, it says they, these are added to the high-risk list. So mm-hmm. you know, what I just said about the fundamental rights impact, that's what they're talking about. And, of course, that's Meta and Twitter, your Facebook and your Instagram and, and all yeah. of that. And Microsoft and IBM have actually come out and say they love this. They say this is is smart. Uh, maybe some further refinements even could be put onto this thing. Sure. But the uh, a spokesperson from Microsoft says that they believe AI requires legislative guardrails and meaningful voluntary actions by companies that develop and deploy AI. And on the other hand, there was a the chief scientist guy named Al. Uh, no, sorry, not Al. Good Lord. <laughs> AI is what you it says. AI, Meta's chief AI. AI scientist, a guy not named Al, but named <laughs> Yan Li Chun, said at a conference in Paris, the stupidest thing I think I have heard yet. He says, quote, AI is intrinsically good because the effect of AI is to make people smarter. Close quote. And that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've heard about AI no yet. Oh, shit. It makes it, people dumber. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they're using it to look stuff up because they're too lazy. And then they believe all of what it's spitting out, even though part of it's made up. Ask the attorneys who are getting in trouble. Exactly. By, yes. by, by using AI and saying, you know, and, and citing cases that don't even exist. Yep. We've had uh. two stories recently that yeah. have come out in a big way about that. And it also, according to a new study through uh, via uh, Gizmodo, AI at the office makes you a lonely, sleepless alcoholic, which is <laughs> okay. also not really good. They go into this the weeds of this, how they made these uh, tests. It's four experiments and conducted in the U.S. and three other countries. People were separated into groups, and how their AI use was monitored. They were, some were restricted to none, some to some, some to a whole bunch, and they looked mostly in, in the one in Taiwan, they looked at a bunch of engineers who worked at a biomedical company and the employees reported a rise in after work alcohol consumption in a group in that group that was instructed to use AI and the same loneliness and insomnia that the first group experiment ex experienced in, in another part of this experiment. So they they're trying this out just to see what it actually does in somewhat real life situations and it's yeah. not coming out very good. However, the study's findings have this caveat that says they varied greatly based on the organization. So it's not strictly the AI's fault, but also it work it works in tandem with how the organization, I guess, treats its people in the first place. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what kind of businesses are trying this? Or right. what the, kind of, yeah. The only one that is actually described is this uh, biomedical company. So we don't know what the other ones are. But what it seems to come down to, though, is that AI can, can have a very negative effect on you unless you've got a good support system. So what's going to happen, I think, is there's a lot of companies that just don't have a good support system for their employees because they sure. just don't care all that much. They're looking at the, the quarter next quarter's profits and the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. And that's really the big thing. Not so much worried about employees, but they, the bigger companies tend to be the ones I have experienced that go through that sort of uh, cycle every quarter. Nonetheless, they are the, uh, the ones that have support, do not get as alcoholic or lonely or suffer sleep loss because they're working in a good environment in the first place and AI is not helping drag them down further. So it's really coming down to how the companies are going to be using it and what they're going to have their employees using it for and what kind of support of any kind they give to their employees. So yeah, they're going to have to that's the thing that to bear up. in mind. That's yes. the, that's the, that is what the study finds, I would think. Step up your actual support, your HR, you know, so you won't turn into a sleepless alcoholic <laughs> You're right. or, or cut people's cut heads off corpses and put them on your coworker's desk. Because when you said biomedical company, I'm like, remember that story last week? Somebody oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Someone did. It, it was just yeah. There were coworker. They there were heads on a desk. That's right. Yes. Oh, oh, man. man, so there, there's, there is all of that, and yeah, go to HR because they are not there to protect the company. They are strictly there for the employees all the time. And just blame Al. <laughs> Al, it's Al's fault. Sure, it's Al's Al. fault. Good job, Russ. Al. We need to say Al from now on. Um, did you see this thing about the Grammys and Al? Uh, yeah, I, I saw where Al is sort of involved in the Grammys. 
I was excited. I misunderstood the headline. The headline says, Grammys, only, quote, human creators eligible to win, Recording Academy says, response to AI, or as we like to call it, say, Al. Um, so I thought that meant that, oh, good, you can only win a Grammy if you're a person and you are, uh, the total human element is involved in the making and producing and everything of the song. No, back up, Sid, you're wrong. Um, you can you can win a Grammy even if you use some AI, apparently. They're changing the rules. They're uh-huh. making changes to the rules, including a rule that stipulates only human creators can win the music industry's highest honor in, in a decision aimed at the use of artificial intelligence, or AL. Um, okay, a work that has no human authorship is not eligible in any category. Well, thank God. Oh, okay, Grammy. good, yeah. Gee, why don't you do the right thing and make that rule? Okay. Um, so they made that rule, um, but it says the human authorship component of the work submitted must be meaningful. Okay. Well, that's not subjective uh, at all. I know. Um, they announced that there have been t- big changes made to other categories. Uh, now to win a nomination for the album of the year category, a music creator has to account for at least 20% of the work. Only 20 that includes all credited artists, featured artists, songwriters, producers, engineers, mixers, mastering, blah, blah. Oh, geez. I know. Um, but, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just thinking that's like the, the, the laws about to be labeled, for something to be labeled made in the USA, only really so much of the work has to be done in the U.S., about 20% putting the pieces together that were actually made somewhere else. I know, I know. Um, the Of course, we even played that yeah we did the guy who did the beatles thing Uh with ai um but hold on didn't we did we have the story about paul paul mccartney is is using that same tech right to put together one last beatles song he said so because they can lift the vocals out from what would otherwise be unusable recording yeah yeah which he thought was scary at first but he said we just want to have to see where uh, we we'll just We'll have see. to see where yeah. that leads. But um, I wanted to see, I thought, let's see. So previously to me, to me uh, let's see, now that's best film. Um, the changes were just announced this week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess that's all it says about the percentage oh. of, but I mean. that's That seems tiny. We should try to, we should utilize this and try to win a Grammy ourselves, you and I. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, the Beatles song sounded good, and we heard a bunch of fake uh, our, our, uh, hip-hop songs that sounded good. So why not us? I know. I, I mean, and, and how, how are they going to determine this? Because it, the, for, uh, to, to, to wrap up this story, the work that features elements of AI, elements of AI, or Al, are eligible as long as a human creator is responsible for a, quote, meaningful contribution to the music and or lyrics. How are they going to draw the line uh, with that? It's going to be completely you know? subjective. And, you know, someone well-connected is going to say, well, you know, the AI originally had two these right here, and I cut it down to just one <laughs> the, and they had this line repeat seven times. I cut it down to five times. There's my meaningful contribution. Right. 
So that's just messed up. They're they're digging a hole now. (laughs) They're digging a hole, the Grammys. We are cursed to live in interesting times, turns out. And all right, so there, there's our Al update. I am never going to be able to live that down or escape it, so I might as well (laughs) completely lean into it. Yep. It's the new, the new, the new word for for AI, Al. Exactly. Hey, speak. Speaking of songs, I did a thing. Do you want to know what I did? Did you or did you see what I did uh, I, over the weekend on Facebook? What was the thing you did over the weekend on Facebook? I, I don't know that I saw this. I had things going on. You had things going on. It was Father's Day. You're a father. Right. I decided to post name a band you first heard with your dad. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought that might, That's, if people yeah. remember, I thought that might bring up some memories. So here are a few. I, I love. I love it when when people you know dig in and and remember when they were a kid chuck says is charlie rich a band i would say van halen was his first yeah he he said i would say van halen was his first loud from my room (laughs) (laughs) ditto ditto chuck yeah jessica says my dad took me to see my first concert tiffany (laughs) well so you heard it with him but it wasn't so much because he was into tiffany and brought you along i suppose i could be wrong i shouldn't presume well, we'll see. She says, my dad took me to my first concert, Tiffany. New Kids on the Block opened for her. At the time, I didn't know who they were. I don't know if she means any of those people or just New Kids on the Block. Oh, okay. That's hilarious. Kenny says, Creedence Clearwater Revival during the summer of oh, 1969 wow. in oh, Dallas. Wow. Yeah, it was the first time I can remember listening to a band with my father. I was six. He lived in some apartments and had a swimming pool. Thumbs up. The old man was a lifelong John Fogarty fan. Rest in peace, Dad. Cliff McMahon passed in 2012. I miss you every day. Says Kenny. That's a sweet memory, Kenny. Nice. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Kevin says Chris Christopherson. Hmm. Uh, Dad had all his eight tracks. <laughs> every trip over 45 minutes. It was years before I heard the Janice version of Bobby McGee. Well, wow. So he heard that one second, unlike most people. You the know, Janice version. I, yeah. So here's a really dumb question. And if Drake was here, he'd be mad at me. Who wrote Bobby McGee? That was Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so people would have heard his version first. Yes, but if you were listening to See, Chris Christopherson at all, but right. most people say under sixty probably heard the Janice version first. Mm-hmm. Like me. That's funny. Carol says, uh, "Not a band, but Dad took us to see Elvis when I was fifteen months." Well, I guess that technically counts, but that definitely counts. That's awesome. Yeah. How are you going to remember that? She said she says it was love at first sight. You don't remember when you You were fifteen. Do not remember. You were probably screaming your head off, spoiling in the ghetto for everybody. Probably like that. Or unless unless your timing was just right. Yeah. If, if that line baby, came yeah, up, another yeah. baby born is, is born in the ghetto, and then the then she screams because <laughs> she needs cry. to be changed or something. That would just yep. Yep. add a whole new element to the show. Maybe Carol was on cue at that part in, at the Elvis concert. Billy says the Beatles. The song was "Long and Winding Road," and w- then I was with him in the electronics store, and "I Am the Walrus" came on the overhead speakers, and I thought, "Dang, this band is pretty good." <laughs> nice. Well, he, you were right. They turns out they 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 were turns pretty good and had a pretty decent pretty career good. that really hasn't stopped. Yeah, uh, the first band you ever heard with your dad, uh, Wilson says the Beatles, but he misspells it, along with Deep Purple and Beach Boys. Cool. All right. Mary Mary says the 
Mary, I'm jealous. Mary says, kiss. My dad took me to see them for my 15th birthday. Awesome. <laughs> that rocks. I wonder what era that was of kiss. I bet you my older brother was there. Uh, Lori says, the Cow Sills, 1965 oh, yeah. World's Fair. Charlie Pride was also there. Wow. Cool. Uh, first band ever heard with your dad. Greg says, Boston. My daddy loved the whole don't look back record we would sit and listen to it and he'd get goosebumps all over his arms i still have my beat all to hell copy we'd listen to oh, oh that's wow sweet. that's nice that's yeah sweet kevin says james gang all right karen says my dad was the one that introduced me to the everly brothers i was six or seven years old we danced around the living room to wake up little Susie. that memory is almost 50 years old that's oh, so man. sweet nice uh brian says herman's hermits sandy says herb alp Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. David says, my dad introduced me to a Jim Croce 8-track, I guess right at 50 years ago now. Since listening to that, my interest has always been in music, uh, not so much in things like TV and movies. Good music relaxes the mind and love the history behind, and I love the history behind the music, says David. All right. Cool. These are uh, some good stories. Yeah, here's a, here's a couple more. Uh, Nick, Nick says CCR. Uh, I never heard them until, let's see, I never heard... I never hear them that I don't think of Saturday mornings going fishing with my dad in his ranger eating coconut <laughs> coconut long boys with the crunch of gravel under oh, us. Wow. Under yeah. us, really special. That is very sweet, and that is really a really detailed memory, Nick. Thanks. What is a coconut long boy? I, I don't know, but it has coconut in it, so I can't eat it. <laughs> I don't like coconut, but hey. Uh, Holly says, not a band, but Kenny Rogers. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, Hank and the Drifting Cowboys, says George. Okay. Uh, uh, Williams, Billy, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. A couple more. Chris says the Moody Blues. Laura okay. says Sons of the Pioneers. Hmm. Chase says ZZ Top. And Ty must have had a very musical dad. Steppenwolf Hendrix and the Beatles. Nice. All right. So thank you for your memories. Oh, here's one more. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Chicago Transit Authority, before they were sued and changed it had to, to Chicago. Had to change the name, yep. CTA did not like CTA being CTA, so CTA school sued the new CTA. Okay, cool. Right. Well, so thank you for that. It's the first uh, on Facebook, the, the a band you first heard with your dad. Thanks for playing. Yeah, along. and through all of that, I was trying to think, but my dad was into big band music. He graduated high school right before rock and roll really started getting any sort of traction whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So he was hmm. of the era right before that. So I heard all kinds of big band and 40s bands of, and singers in the car growing up because there was a radio station that played those uh, on into the 90s, I guess. So that's what was always on when I was in the car with my dad or my mom. When you, and my uncle was into big band. Uh, my Well, great uncle because he was my mom's uncle. But um, I lost my dad when I was nine. So I don't really remember what kind of music. I mean, I, my mom always liked people like... Uh, Oh, I don't know, Frank Sinatra and all the people from, you know, that era. Right. Um, and But then later she liked 70s music, like she liked ABBA and, you know, I don't know, probably, oh, Crystal Gale some, I guess. And um, But I don't, yeah, it's it's really cool that memories like that. I want to read this one more because I, weren't the Gentries from, oh, you, you're not really from here, Wesley. You moved here as a kid. The Gentries, Richard says, I went to an uncle's house to watch the Gentry's practice when they first started before they won the Ted Mack show. Huh. Now I bring that up because at one point my older brother played with 
I think, I want to say the Gentries. I'm going to have to look it up so somebody doesn't say, no, you're wrong. Yeah, well. Um, but, but anyway, so awesome answers of first bands you heard with your dad ever. That's yeah, awesome. that is great. And, uh, well, we've got a whole bunch more we can talk about, but not today, turns out, because uh, we're, we're running low on time. So what we're going to do is wrap here. Again, any text, uh, 878-9420, Lawyer Bill here. Thursday, day after tomorrow, and we've got these two Dolly songs that we talked about earlier that we are going to play for you so you can judge them for yourself. The first one is called Bygones that she did with Rob from Judas Priest, and then the version of Magic Man that she did with uh, Ann Wilson from Hearts, right? Yes, yes. And let me say this really quick, sorry to sure. change the subject. I was right about the Gentries, good. Okay. Larry, Ra Larry Raspberry, oh, Jimmy yeah. Hart. Jimmy Hart, uh -huh. the wrestler dude, Jimmy Johnson, Terry Manning, Steve Spear, my brother, uh, Jimmy Tarbutton, uh, and more. So, yeah, they are a Memphis band. Awesome, the Gentries. So there okay. we go. That is solved. So, yeah. And here is Dolly. Enjoy. This is Drake Digital. <laughs> 